0: All right, you got the So Baseball Podcast for December second, twenty twenty one. We are in a baseball lockout, but that does not mean that the So Baseball Podcast cannot continue. In fact, we are going to touch about the MLB lockout, all the free agent transactions, and then get into some other sports which you all love, including an update on our beloved Fenwick Friars. So sit back and enjoy the show. Thank you. That's so baseball. It's so baseball.
1: That's so baseball. Hello. Hello. Hi. My meeting ended early.
0: Hey, good job. Yeah. We thought you weren't going to be able to make it.
2: Yeah. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Ross. Hey, Sasha. Glad your meeting (laughs) ended early. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It looks like that works out, huh? It looks like Major League Baseball's meetings have ended early.
0: (laughs) Pretty much.
2: I mean, is this what we're going to talk about the entire time? It's like how
1: freaking owners and players suck.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean I guess we have to say like um, right off the top um to those of you who aren't following this as closely as we are um last night ended the current collected bar- collective bargaining agreement which means that there's no current agreement between the N- NBA, NBA. <laughs> There's no current agreement between Major League Baseball owners and the players union, the Major League Baseball Players Union. So, we are currently in a lockout situation, so uh, that means that no contract negotiations can happen. Nothing can happen. the The players' names and likenesses have been stripped off the MLB website and apps. It's it's a very weird time. The last time we had a work stoppage was 26 years ago. So, uh, sorry, I, I
1: gotta I gotta I gotta leave. My boss is calling me.
2: Okay.
0: Oh shit.
1: Yeah.
2: Say hi to, right, to Rob Manford. if
0: you can. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we lost Sasha. But as we were saying, um, there's a work stoppage in baseball, and a lot of people are predicting it to go on for a number of months and perhaps even cut into the 2022 season. So uh, what's, your, what's your immediate reaction to this, Kevin?
2: Well, first, I want to make it very clear what's going on, because it's, it's a little bit more prescribed versus um, just the contract elapsing. Right. So Major League Baseball has decided to lock out the players. They've decided to, con- you know, disconnect from them by saying the contract is over because in the past they have continued after the contract had elapsed. Um, and then with
0: like an interim agreement.
2: Uh, sort of. Yeah. Or are they just just kind of continuing on the the existing agreement. Uh, but that's what led to the, the full-on lockout in 94 is that that contract, I believe, expired December 31st, 1993. Then spring training happened or started to happen. And then the owners uh, locked the players out.
0: Right. So there wasn't a
2: strike that year also. So, and here we are, and, and we all have to understand that Rob Manford was one of the attorneys who worked on that. So he wasn't the commissioner at the time, but he was working for Major League Baseball as an attorney, right. working in their labor negotiations. So,
0: so what you're saying is that the league and the players should have just gone to a month-to-month lease.
2: No, what I'm saying is that read the letter of Rob Manford. It's very, I did. It's very aggressive. It's very, yes. accusi- it's very accusatory.
0: As is the player's it, letter.
2: Uh, there was a player's I couldn't even find a player's letter because it's not, it's
0: like a tweet, but
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like one of those
0: tweets of an image of a letter.
2: Right. But what I'm saying is that you've got MLB who, who sent out their letter across all their applications, their website, everything else. They've, they've massively gotten their word out. If I went to the, the major league, uh, players association page players association page and it was there was nothing there was like one little like sentence or something so so you you can see who the aggressor is in this situation well you
0: see because the the league is the aggressor now Mm -hmm. that's because they hold all the cards right now um but as we get into february and spring training is around the corner and it's starting to look like the major league schedule for 2022 is going to be impacted then the players start to have more leverage and that's when they Mm -hmm. might be able to i think the players are just going to wait out this winter there's hardly going to be any talks for the next month or so and then once it starts to be like oh shit the owners are going to feel that pull of like, Hey, our stadiums are going to be empty. There's not going to be any games. Like that's when the players might get the best deal for themselves. So I think the players are going to play the long, the long game and let this ride out a little longer. And they're going to risk the bad will from the fans. The players are greedy. La la la.
2: Right. Well, and that's, that's my whole point is that if you read the letter, it's very aggressive. It's very accusatory. It's very preemptive. It's, it's not, Uh, it's not setting a tone of someone who's looking to negotiate. It's setting a tone trying to get out ahead of a PR move. So it's, and by using their own platforms, which are connected to the fans, no fan goes to the players association page or any other page for the players association, but they're using the platform that fans engage with the players and the game itself as a tool to get, their side out there um so it's it's a very aggressive uh attack by the owners um and what they're doing and and that those are the facts now the players you're right do have way more leverage later on in the process Mm -hmm. uh, but the owners are trying to uh to do exactly what they're doing is to is to really get the fans upset early on and try to position it that they're the ones who aren't at blame or at responsibility or this kind of thing.
0: And I think, um, yeah, as, um, as baseball fans have become more sophisticated and, you know, the average baseball fan Nowadays knows more about the sport than just oh who's on their local team, but they know about the comings and goings, thanks social media and the internet for all of that. But um, teams, uh, um, I mean, fans are now like tuned into payroll and and luxury tax and uh, uh, resetting the cap. the The average fan is now more sophisticated than they used to be, and I think they're going to see through some of the owners' bullshit of like you know the the players are demanding stuff that right. any other athletes in the world you know they already they already have the the type of labor agreement that most other
2: athletes in the world would kill for i think right. that was
0: i'm paraphrasing yeah. the letter but they yes. basically accused the mlb players of being greedy
2: right of being of 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 being greedy for something they worked hard for because the history of the major league players association is is a very long long drawn out battle that people need to realize come from the fact that in the old days a major league baseball team owned a player once they owned them they owned them to the death of that person Um, that was so even if you wanted to make a comeback when you were 55 you were still under contract under the auspices of the team that owned you uh, be- when you uh, um, right. retire fifty
0: five. So you're saying I still have a chance to come back?
2: Of course, you. All, well, you all, now you have a better chance because uh, <laughs> come back as a scab. Yeah, okay. I was good. I was gonna, No, no scab. That oh, don't even get me started on that one. But so anyway, I'm just saying that to set the tone of what we're dealing with. And then the other thing that was really odd to me was, and it wasn't explicit in the article I read, and I forget it was like AP or Reuters or something like that. But they kind of laid out, okay, here's the work stoppage. And they had some quotes from, from or the, um, you know, the lockout. And they had some quotes from Manfred. And they had a little quote from Tony Clark. And then they had a quote from New York Met, Max Scherzer. <laughs> well, he's one of the big labor reps. I know. But it was, it was very interesting. And it's, very, uh, it's emblematic also of the game. Because isn't he the guy who just signed the $43 million of yeah, year... contract? Yeah. So, and, and, but, but Hey, that, that kind of shows also uh, the resolve of the players, right? Like the, like he's not um, saying, well, I need to get my $43 million because I'm 37 years old or whatever. And if I don't, if I miss two months of 43, $43 million, that's a lot of money. So, because if you go back uh, and, and just to contrast it to say like the NFL, uh, basically the NFL broke the union in, I believe it was 87 because they did get certain star players to play and get their money. And so they had this, and then they had the, the, the scabs filling in between um, some of the star players. So it was, it was really nasty and they, they, they just basically, You know, made the NFL union very weak after that. So yeah, Major League Baseball, you know, has a history of this. We we don't know where it's all going to go. I do agree with you that there's a bit of a standoff right now that the players' association will maybe just hold back. You know, yeah. But you know, I I I, it's. That letter from the, the the league was a little, little over the top, more than little. It was over the top, basically.
0: It was so gross. I was yeah. like, this is really, um, this is really kind of hostile. I mean, it, I'm sure the, it's coming out of the hostility of what behind closed doors must have been very, you know, hostile and combative yeah. last minute negotiations and to, to see the teams
2: this. Uh Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I lost your sight. Yeah, I, I, the way I read it and also knowing that he, that Rob Manford's an attorney, I read it as being very, uh, legal, uh, you know, legal attack kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's laying the groundwork from like a legal standpoint. Um, so, I thought it was very um, n- not sincere um, and, yeah. and very much, you know, like a way. And some people could read it, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't, as always, and you know, you know, we've talked about this personally many, many years now. My take is the owners have never understood the game. They've never understood the fans. They've never understood the players. And we're going back to the 19th century. And I just get the feeling that reading that letter, I'm like, here we go again. They just don't get it, you know, because um, to your point, the fans have moved on from what Major League Baseball just wants them to like and take in. That's why we have John Boy. That's why we have uh, MLB trade rumors. We have um, The Athletic with its articles and all this other stuff that, you know, people have moved away from just what is the sanctioned PR aspect of major league baseball. So, um, yeah. you know, we, so
0: we, before all this happened, yeah. Um, before this, um,
2: spending spree.
0: Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, the big signing frenzy that happened before the lockout?
2: Yeah. I can't even keep track of all the stuff. It was crazy. And then, and, and your Yankees not spending, which was, Oh, that's going to
0: be its own separate. Um, was speaking
2: volumes though i you know that was it it can be but it was speaking volumes as well you know the the... all right
0: let's just talk on some of the highlights okay we've mentioned max scherzer um and that was exciting he's going to the mets
2: mets went crazy
0: the mets i guess the mets are the lead story uh here they got they got mark connor from the a's they got eduardo escobar they got starling Marte. They got Scherzer that the Mets, as soon as the Mets lost Steven Matz to the Cardinals and that whole, my, your agent pulled a dirty trick. As soon as that happened and the Mets owner, Steve Cohen got all pissed off. He went out and just spent like over, over $200 million. He spent $250 million in two days. So that's just wild. Um, yeah. And we've we've got some other um, big free agent free agents landing places. We saw um, Corey Seager go to the Rangers. We saw Marcus Semien go to the Rangers. Um, other teams making huge moves. We saw Kevin Gausman go to the Blue Jays. Uh-huh. We saw the White Sox bringing in Kendall Graveman to bolster their already amazing bullpen. The Rangers signed John Gray. So the Rangers are really go- making a push here. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the Angels re-sign their guy, uh, Iglesias, Rizel Iglesias. He'll be their closer again for uh, the foreseeable future. Um, so we talked about um, Marte. We talked about Matt's Padres closer, Mark Melanson, shifts over to the Diamondbacks. I don't know if you saw that. Um, Paxton is now with the Red Sox. Um, We've got. I'm just going to alphabetical Yeah, order. yeah. The Cy, Cy Young winner Robbie Ray was picked up by the Mariners. Yeah, the Mariners. If you're seeing big. a trend here, yeah. the Mariners, the Rangers, they're making moves. Um, and one one um, one theory that I saw put forward by Justin Mason of um, FanGraphs and Friends with Fantasy Benefits is a lot of these teams might be thinking that there's going to be coming out of the new CBA, not only a salary cap, but a salary floor, where mm. if, you're, if you're one of the teams getting paid money from the luxury tax, from the, the big spending teams, you then have to put in a certain amount of money into player salaries every year. Right. You can't just be like the Rays or the A's and have a $37 million dollar payroll. Like there's gonna be a payroll minimum for every team. So some right. of these teams who have notoriously spent nothing, like almost nothing on players, are gonna have to at least spend something or they don't get the luxury tax um, payment that uh, they've been getting in the past. So maybe that explains why some of these teams that we've been known for being uh, you know, low spending mm-hmm. are all of a sudden uh, picking up some big time free agents.
2: Well, I, I agree, on, and there's, but there's a couple of th- couple of things in there. Let's let's look at the Rangers first, right? Let's just break down the Rangers. Now, the Rangers opened a brand new ballpark in the middle of COVID 2020. So, the first fans to actually go to their new ballpark were fans for the National League Championship, Dodgers versus Braves, and for the World Series, Dodgers versus. Raise since all the games were played in the one stadium for the world series and for the nl championship right so i, I think the rangers kind of took a you know they didn't last year they didn't do anything the last season because everyone there was still a bunch of mystery and whatnot but i think now they're diving and say hey we got to get this you know we got a new ballpark we got to get fans in the seats and, uh, you know, get them to love this place and whatever. Mm. So, they, so they've so they gone out and they've like, seriously, I mean. So it's
0: a new stadium spending. Well, then how I, do you explain the Mariners, all their moves? Well, uh,
2: uh, so that's, that's the Rangers, right? So okay. The, the Mariners, the Mariners have another thing going on is the Mariners have a lot of, they had some really good talent. They played extremely unexpected last year. Like they were in the hunt even late in the season. Right. Like they yep. were, they were in the, they were in there at the last week, they still had a chance to make the playoffs. So this is the classic example. We're close, right? We're close to getting in. Yeah. What do we need to do to shore things up and to, to, you know, enhance our young players and add some vets or some other people in there that can push us over the top. So um, I think that's where they're at. Um in, in, in their thing. Now we have another team too that made some spending that I don't even think you mentioned too much because I think somebody signed yesterday because who knows what the last chance to sign was, but um, were the Tigers. The yeah. Tigers picked up uh, Javi Baez. Baez. I know that's a huge one. A big contract. And they got some other players earlier too, didn't they?
0: I think so. Yeah. So yeah. um.
2: And and yeah. they're they're again they're that team that we talked about the tigers during the season and I I, I thought that they were going to be kind of like a dark horse team last year because AJ Hinch they've got you know no one's looking at them they're playing in a kind of weak division in some ways. Um, and They played pretty well last year. They, they yeah, were no, the Tigers cool. were
0: like not disgusting. And, yeah, they were almost. Yeah, they 500 signed Eduardo Rodriguez, the Red Sox pitcher, and they got Javi Baez. So, Javi, yeah. So. But then again, you could put the Tigers in that same boat of teams that might see a salary floor coming. Correct. And have decided like, hey, well, we're going to have to spend it at least. Like, let's, let's not be picking from the bottom of the barrel.
2: Exactly. Let's get some premium players on that contract, on those contracts. And yeah, and, Sasha,
0: did you rejoin us?
1: I
2: did.
0: oh, good, good. All right. Welcome back, Sasha. We were just talking about um the the kind of smaller market teams that uh, if you count uh, Dallas, Texas, a small market, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. the notoriously uh, you know, lesser spending teams bringing in some of these free agents. Yeah. and um i I was just uh, repeating a theory that I heard from, from uh, one of my favorite podcasters, Justin Mason, that um, possibly these owners see a salary floor coming in the next bargaining agreement and they know they're going to have to spend, you know, 110 million at least to, to qualify to get the luxury tax payment. So maybe they're snapping up a few free agents now because they know they're going to have to spend money somewhere or they're going to lose it.
1: Well, so have you guys talked about like the negotiations? Because I mean, I actually like would would love your guys' opinion on this, right? Because I mean, I read an article this morning about what their argument. It's related to what you just said, because the players are pretty frustrated with the situation because they see the the, the, the salary cap and and the, the luxury tax and all this as basically something that that is depressing um, their salaries.
0: Right? Yes, luxury right. tax. There's right. not really a salary cap, but.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there effectively is, right? Because you get penalized pretty heavily when you go over it after a certain
0: amount. It, it, yes, it has served effectively as to keep right. salaries down, but it's not a true salary cap.
2: Yeah, because te- teams have blown past that willingly. Sure. Well, and well,
1: so their are strategies to kind of do that for like two or three years. But then they have to come down, right? Because it it, right. it just keeps increasing every year. So you have to go down at one point. You
0: have to reset it every few yeah. years, or else you're paying into the higher tier every year.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, like, do we do you think they're gonna to come to an agreement on that? Because it seems like the owners are are kind of into that. And I think um dead set against, against it. Yeah.
0: What what Kevin and I said, and we I'll I'll just summarize what I said. What I said is that the owners currently have all the leverage. But as um, the 2022 season um, gets closer to us, the players will start to have more of the leverage as the the uh, prospect of actually missing games and, and shortening the season is going to give the players the leverage that they need right. to bring the owners over to their side. So I'm expecting a long lockout and a late start to the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. And I think the players are going to hold out for some sort of change in the service time right. issue, which is how many years of, of service time do players have to play before they can become a free agent? Right now it's six. Um, yes. And so they want that. Considering the way the, the teams manipulate that service time, oh, keep him in the minors an extra 30 days, and then we get an extra year and keep him, you know, he's got options, so we're going to send him down. And so then we'll he'll be a rookie two, uh, la, 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 like, they do all this kind of shit to manipulate the current structure of the CBA. I think the players kind of want clarification and fairness on that front before they're going to be willing to sign off on the next CBA.
2: And well, and, and the point that I was making too, um, Sasha, when you were off, was that the owners and, and the commissioner have come out really aggressive. That this letter that they, they posted yesterday to all their platforms mm-hmm. is extremely uh, on the offense and trying to put the players as like, I think Ross, you had mentioned earlier, like greedy and all this other stuff. But, um, but to the thing of the the point, I think that big thing is the six years because the owners tried to float this idea of like, Oh, you can become a free agent when you're 29 and a half. Right. So what does that mean? That means they're going to bring all these guys up when they're 18 and use them for (laughs) 11 and a half years um, if they're right. somewhat good, right? So, well, and I think it
1: it, it also has an effect, right? Because the, it used to be that if you were over, if you were in your twenty nine to like thirty two era, that you would. And granted, we're still giving these things out, but you get like a ten year contract, like that mega contract, based off of like your your ability to contribute to the team. And that actually has gone down. Like it's still given out, but you see less of it where they're making this commitment on, on long-term stability because the teams are beginning to realize it's like, yeah, but when you're in your thirties, like the chances of you like going down as far as performance, like significantly increases. And I think that's also what the players are reacting to is that the service time is like, I mean, I want to be able to like be a free agent when I'm freaking 27, Exactly. Because, you know, because I, I'll get more money. Because a ten-year contract means I'm 37, which means for a majority of the contract, I'm still going to be able to contribute to the team. But you don't, you're, But you. How can you say that when you get a, a, a
2: ten-year contract and you're 32? Like, there's no way you're going to be in effective. No. No. And and those contracts are. I, I agree. There there are a lot less of them now. Um, there's there's one I think signed currently was Corey Seeger signed a ten-year contract. Um, and even that is, you know, there's, just going to be less of them. Um, right. And how many players, you know, get to that. So major league baseball, what they've been doing, which I think has been detrimental to the game itself is the kind of middle, you know, utility. The middle tier player. Yeah. Veteran the stars player. are
0: always going to get paid. Yeah, yeah. And they the they're middle and lower tier players that are kind of getting the brunt end of this and yeah. they're, um, I saw a graphic today on ESPN um, that the average salary, if you take away the very top and you take away the um, very bottom contracts, the league minimum contracts, mm-hmm. if you t- if you just look at the middle tier of players, their their salary has dropped like yeah. over half yeah. in the last um, six years. Right. So, you know, teams are dumping players when it's their turn to get paid. Yep. And um, teams are lowballing the middle tier free agents. I mean, what's yeah. happened this year could kind of um, could kind of counter counteract that. But generally, these middle tier and lower tier like career guys are getting hosed.
2: Yeah, and I and to me personally, I think that affects the game because what you end up with is you end up with a lot of younger players on the bench who don't have the experience um that when you need a pinch hitter when you need a bunt when you need some good defense it's really lacking and i think that's really affected um the style of the game because i used to love when i was a kid i loved all those old players who played you know they were in their like 16th season they weren't a star but they but they they were were, able to hung around because they could contribute they're a left-handed pinch hitter or they're a
3: right uh, and really the, also the mentorship basement.
0: of the younger players you're losing that too. you're losing some yeah. of the mentorship that some yeah. younger players need and i'm not talking about this get off my lawn play the game the right way no, bullshit no. i'm talking about actual like in-game coaching and learning that the older players are responsible for
3: yeah because
1: you know right now just like you know one of the things that I actually do appreciate and I actually am, I'm always bummed when the Red Sox do this when they actually do pay for these players and it's like a seven or a ten year contract and just like I just like and, and I, I do the same thing with you Ross is like when you, you know when you when you took over like Stanton's contract it's like that's a bad Do you guys are going to suffer for that and no
0: and,
1: and I don't so, think so and, well and, and so so the thing is maybe there's an exception but but And he's still producing now, but like when he gets to like the last like three years of the contract, it just, it's just because it's so backloaded. You're going to be paying him like $37 million and he's going to be like going to be league average. Well, first
0: of all, the, the Marlins are going to still be paying for part of that contract. Yeah, exactly. And second of all, the guy had a career year last year and stayed yeah. healthy the whole time. Yeah. And played um,
2: in the outfield, which I think was the most important part about the whole thing. Yeah, right. I'm, so maybe, that Stanton
0: contract is looking better than it yeah, ever has.
2: Sure. So maybe that's a bad
1: example. But I would feel differently about those long-term contracts if the player was 27 years old. I'd be just like, we're at least going to get like four to five years of him at his peak performance. Right. What I hate is like the Red Sox or any team that I would support where they sign a contract for 10 years and he's 31. I'm just like, that's going to... I, I know, like four years from now, we're going to be hearing just like, "Oh my God!" Like, how the hell?
0: Well, are- you're not going to see any of those type of deals. But I knew, I do know that your guys, um, Devers and Bogarts, are both going to be due a pretty big payday in the next year or two. Yeah. And the Red Sox don't want to pull another Mookie Betts and let one of their stars slip yeah. away. The Red Sox are going to have to pony up some cash. I saw they just got their boy uh, JBJ back. From, oh, they did, and they they traded. Renfro for JBJ so they let Renfro walk and they get star outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. back from Milwaukee which is just bizarre but he's a fan favorite so you know the Red Sox are making moves at least the Yankees haven't done shit
2: Mm -hmm. but I think the um, we've talked I, I think the Yankees not doing anything is actually a good thing but that's my opinion as a Yankee fan um, I think they're making a the smart move. I think they've got the core that they need, and then they can fill in from there. With uh, a I
0: just feel sick. about <laughs> <how> <laughs> I know Worthless. The Yankees have been this off season. Well, I mean,
2: and so
1: the Red Sox and the Yankees have not really made a lot of moves. I mean, and I'm sure there's a lot of other teams that haven't made moves either. I mean, essentially, are they betting that that this season's going to be a wash because they're not going to play like the first two seasons, and then then who cares? Like, what do you think is behind it?
0: I think they are sticking to the same stupid plan they've always had, which is essentially like spare parts in the whole season. Uh, You know, we, we lost our third baseman. Okay. Well maybe Gio or will turn out to be brilliant. Okay. Well he did. You know what I mean? Or uh, like, but that's not going to happen every time. So yes, they did make some trades at the trade deadline last year. They brought in a a couple of guys that, um, you know, they have, they Still have Gallo for one more year. I think they have to ride with him now.
2: Mm-hmm. But you know, Japan. they've got he's like, going to Japan.
0: <laughs> they don't have a good fielding, they don't have a good fielding first baseman. Okay, they got they've got JD, I mean, uh, DJ LeMahieu, who is actually should be their second baseman, and then they have Luke Voigt, who's constantly injured and is not a good defensive first baseman. So we would all love to have Rizzo back, but now they can't afford it. Right. They have like they have the wrong guys for the wrong positions. Yeah. Uh their outfield is gonna be fine, right? They're gonna have Aaron Hicks in center, they're gonna have Aaron Judge in right, they'll they'll put Gallo in left and Stanton can play outfield once in a while. When Aaron Hicks gets hurt, Judge moves to center, Stanton goes and plays in right, or Gallo plays right, Stanton plays left. But they need a freaking shortstop. They yeah. already traded away their two like backup shortstops, Tyler Wade and Andrew Velasquez. So now they have nobody who can play short. And if they don't make any sort of acquisition, they're going to be having, facing their entire infield playing out of position on opening day if we get there. So that's my rant. Sign a
2: fucking shortstop. They so, will. So, Simmons is the guy they're going to sign. I'm telling
1: so you. I, I wish I could like give the same overview of like what the Red Sox uh, team is going to look like next year. But since they use like what, like fifty-six different players this year, it's really hard <laughs> to say what the team is going to look like next season. Because who knows? <laughs> it's crazy.
0: I know. Well, the Red Sox um, made it to the ALCS, yeah. and the Yankees didn't even make it out of the wild card, and they had one of the more disappointing winning seasons I've ever witnessed. So,
2: yeah, they 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 won ninety-two games, but they should have won at least hundred but so. but the, so i mean the giants now the giants have done yeah. what they do they they got their number two and number three starter uh dude i can't believe they got can i
1: say i think we talked about this in the yeah. last last thing i just like it's unbelievable to me that they were able because i looked at the salaries they're getting yeah just, i think they just deserve more but what no, no. Like, what
2: happened Corey Seager's getting ten times as much as all of them, I think. But um, I know. uh, And then they got Belt, and I think Belt is an interesting one too because they had to have some side conversations like, "Hey, take this, and let's work on a longer deal," or they must have because because I had the feeling Ross that the Yankees could have went after Belt because he would have been a really good fit. He's always everyone's always said if that guy played in Yankee Stadium. that would be in you know yeah
0: well he wants to finish his career in san francisco yeah, yeah no
2: i i think so too and i think he's he, and they they you know but it is crazy that they were able to get those three guys and they and they signed cobb from the angels uh, the other day uh formerly the orioles as well and i think he'll be but he's not a they still have to get a first rung starter and strowman's with the cubs now so he's off the off the table um but They'll, they'll figure out that the, the Giants will do that thing. They're just going to throw players at the situation and then whoever fits sticks, you know, and then the others will whittle away. But they they weren't going to go for the big signing. They, they probably had some conversations with Scherzer. They had some conversations with um, some of these other big, big players, but uh, it didn't go more than that.
0: Um, yeah, the Giants have got the secret sauce, and I think if any team, including the Yankees, is trying to emulate that, they're they're not going to do it. They don't have the brain power. Maybe that secret office. sauce
3: is that the secret sauce you get from that Burger King on Market in like eight. <laughs> that is a different sauce. That's <laughs> I know that sauce, and it is quite good. I will say. I think there's an yeah. X in that spelling of that sauce. I don't know, but there's yeah, there is there. is a special sauce. That's some good stuff down there. Welcome, Welcome Dave. to Dave. So I mean, thank he, you. Hey, hi Dave. I, hey
1: guys. So so real quick, just to wrap up the the, the Giants thing. And the other thing is like there is actually a little bit of secret sauce there. I right? just like the people who play in San Francisco like really have loved their time there. Right? Yeah. So it's 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 just a really great environment, and um, you know, it, and, and you know, it just. Like, like you, we were just mentioning this, right? Just like players just keep on going, switching from team to team. Brandon Crawford and Brandon Bell have yep. been there for so long and they're yeah. performing. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like it's kind of old school we're doing. It's just like, yeah, yeah well, it's excusing it's, so it's, for us.
0: Winning three World Series can make it a much nicer environment. Yeah. It wasn't a nice environment when Barry Bonds was there with two lockers and, you know, all the other team, all the other players felt like, you know, third-class citizens, yeah. like, you know, uh, it's become a nice environment. It does now seem that like the, a there's... better
3: culture though, than, than most other teams. You know, I don't know it, if it's, it, you know, why exactly, but it, it just, you know, to the lay person, it does seem better.
2: Well, they, they emphasize, they emphasize history. They emphasize team uh, loyalty. Dave,
0: you're not a lay person. You're a professional podcaster.
2: They, He's a, he, that's, that's what the A pod, caster. But um he, you know, they emphasize keeping that thing. So they have the wall of uh, fame outside the stadium, which you can make if you were with the team for 10 years, they've made some exceptions over the years. Like I think JP Snow was there for nine years. Um, and if they keep all those people in the loop. So the, the players who are there go, wow, this organization is cool. Cause they, these old players are coming back, you know? Um, I think the current issue situation with the giants right now, which is their ace in the hole is Andrew Bailey, the the pitching coach. There's something about him yeah. that these pitchers want to stay around him. They don't want to stray too far from him. Drew Smiley, I think would have been a better pitcher with the giants last year if he had stuck with the giants and not gone somewhere else. But um, we'll, we'll see what what happens with Kevin Gaussman right and good and I- i'm happy for him yeah he's we- gone yeah, I know, but I'm saying that see how he pitches for the Blue Jays oh, without Yeah, yeah. That. Situation. No, those
0: AL parks, he's going to he's going to be hitting, he's going to be pitching in Fenway, he's going to be pitching in Camden Yards, Yankee yeah. Stadium. Uh those are not pitcher-friendly parks.
2: Yeah. So we'll we'll see and I'm happy for him. I mean, he gets 110 million dollars for 5 years. Good for him. He and you know, he he'll always be a, a special giant though because of his performance this last year. So um anyway, it's I think it's uh I think it's interesting times on so many fronts like this, 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 uh, how much do they spend billions of dollars in the month of November or something? Yeah. Like crazy. Um, And, and for all the reasons, the reasons you stated Ross, I think the the floor situation, I think also because uh, it was pitchers. Like we talked about one time that you want to get ahead of the game on pitchers because if the strike, you do come back, you want as many arms already in your fold. Yeah. So you can get them getting spring training, et cetera, Yeah, et that's why the
0: emphasis was on pitchers. Yep. Bunches of pitchers were signed
2: in this last month. Yeah. Because Freeman's still out there, Brian's still out there, and Correa is still out there, right? Yeah. And, 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 and they're not Kershaw. going anywhere now. Oh, Kershaw. Yeah. Kershaw's a special case, though, I think, because injuries and age. But, yeah. but you know, Brian, Correa, and Freeman are class a hitting i
0: know that's like a that's like a world series team core right there
2: yeah well all the key pitchers other than kershaw which i said is a little they've all signed they're all got scooped up you know yeah the,
0: stroman signed with the cubs last yeah, night Scherzer. so that was like the last big yeah. pitcher off the board. Robbie
2: ray i mean you got you got uh you i never seen so many free agent cy young candidates in one season I know, as well right? right i mean it's pretty crazy um
0: so so. well if i may pivoting pivoting now to the world of football um it's been a while since we've talked football um i'd like to send my congratulations out to the fenwick high school football team the friars uh who defeated kanakake 34 to 15 in the illinois state high school 5a division champions so congrats to the fenwick friars on their state championships uh, anything going on in any of the other tiers of football?
3: Well, that is the biggest news in football right now. I will give you that. Um, but the NFL has some other interesting stories right now, um, which I'd be glad to uh, throw at you.
0: I hear the two um, Chicago teams, the Cardinals and the Bears, are facing off this weekend.
3: Um, yes, that, that that's true. I, I wouldn't say that's one of the, the bigger stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a pregame
2: meal at the Peter Pan hamburger joint. though. That's, that's <laughs> the bigger story.
0: No, I'm sorry I interrupted you, Dave. Tell us the real actual big stories of this week.
3: Um, well, the, the biggest stories I, I think would probably be, um, you know, more of the same, you know, more shocking upsets, um, proving once and for all that nobody is that good. Nobody, just Just straight up, you know, yeah. anybody can beat anybody. And that's you know me and Kevin pretty much saw that coming. Um, I wish we could have somehow invested in that because you know, yeah. <laughs> we'd be we'd be making some cash right now. I don't know exactly how to monetize it, um, but um, but yeah, you know the Cam Newton experiment is is not working out. You know um, they're just they're that was a one week uh, aberration. And now we know why he wasn't in the league before. Sorry, Cam. Um, never gonna get him on the podcast now. And um um, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots again, which you know, Sasha, you're probably happy about that. Yeah, I watched I watched the highlights. It's pretty interesting, you know. They're
1: they're they're consistently scoring points every quarter, you know, just like like running it down, so, it would seem to be a, like a close game up until like the, the the third quarter, and it just like they they shut the Titans down, and they just kept scoring. It was it was kind of interesting to watch that game.
3: Yeah, no, they they are. I mean, that quarterback, um, you know, is um, he's Magical. he's going to be yeah, he's going to be good. I mean, he already is good, but you know, he's he's got uh, he might extend Belichick's career another. 15 years, if things go this well. Um, And then, you know, the big, the big story out of today is um, more players fudging their vaccine status, which I don't know if this is even, (laughs) you guys know about this yet. Antonio Brown, who has got, you know, questionable stuff from years ago. You know, he like stiffs people and doesn't pay his massage therapist and all kinds of wacky shit. Um, fudged his vaccine stuff. So now we're, you know, who's checking the cards, I get a more thorough check at you know, when I when I go down to Applebee's, and I'm trying to try to get some indoor dining, than apparently the NFL is doing so I don't know, that's a problem.
2: yeah that's an issue it's
1: (laughs) it's pretty easy to uh to fake these vaccine cards
3: though i have to say yeah if all they're checking is the card yeah Yeah. that's exactly right
2: and if they're checking a photo of the card right like oh you
3: are antonio brown yes this says you know this says your name you know you wrote pfizer on it and some (laughs) weird numbers and so is that that what he did like, apparently, apparently, yeah.
2: yeah. But
3: yeah, it's, so it's I, did
2: Dave. Now, did you happen to see the game on Monday night? Because I think the game on Monday night was, to me, was the NFL in a nutshell. It was the Seahawks versus the Washington Football Team.
3: Yes, I did watch it, actually. and I did. That was
2: one of the worst performances of football i have ever seen the seahawks at one point had five series five series in a row where they went three plays and out yeah yeah
3: russell and... wilson is not right i don't know like, he's got he's some pro- yeah, he's got something going
2: on with his income. we're he just came back i mean
3: he's better than that i mean i'm i you know i'm kind of i like him i'm not a huge you know fan or whatever but some of those throws that the receiver was open he yeah. got he had plenty of time and he just like was way off yeah he's he way off
2: he the the offensive line is so bad that he's like scaring himself into yeah like he's, he's anticipating he never it. gets yeah. settled and but the the play i think this is the play of the season that's kind of emblematic of nfl is so if you guys didn't see it the Washington team scored a touchdown and then they're kicking for the extra point and this very large defensive lineman blocks the kick and bats it down. Like he bats the kick down and it bounces back into his hands and he runs all the way for two points. Cause if you return the, the
3: extra point uh, you can get two points. It's a two point. It's thing. a two point and, play. And what about this one? What about when Seattle finally did get something going, they kicked the onside kick, yeah. recovered it. Yeah. Got it. And they're like, okay, they could kick a field goal and win this thing. And one of their linemen was stepping like a foot off of the, uh, the hash. Yeah. So he was, was no like not formation. far. Yeah. He wasn't off sides. He was just, no, he playing. was just standing like and yeah. literally like a foot off of where he should have been. And had and nothing to do with the play. It was on the other side. Not, of the he area. never was near the play because yeah. they kicked it the other direction of way from yeah. where he even was. It, it was,
2: it was unbelievable. It was just like, it was like this, this crazy, and it was Monday Night Football. It's the only yeah. game on, right? It's historically, oh, it's like, and it was just, it just real to me. It just really summed up the parody and the ridiculousness of the fact that there's no teams that are really that good, and right. um, so like we were talking earlier, the Patriots right now are, are considered like one of the best teams. Cause I really think the Cardinals will fall. I actually think they'll lose to the bears this weekend. And, um, you know, you've, and, and the Patriots are going up against the Buffalo bills who were supposed to be one of the hot shot teams. And they've got four losses and yep. Patriots actually have their a half game up on them. Cause they have eight wins, you know, and those poor people in Buffalo who were seeing Brady down their throat for all those years. Now they're like, what the hell, you know? So it's, uh, crazy times in the NFL it's
3: yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's coin a flip crazy it really is it really is um and my beloved chargers you know mm-hmm. tied for second in the division with you know 70 other teams which right. is really sad i think we um, had that
2: that text earlier where you were like, I was all I'm all excited because the 49ers are six and five. <laughs> and you're all depressed because the chargers are six and five. Exactly. So and that, that sums yeah. up the NFL that my six and five is a rising six and five. Your six and five mm-hmm. is a
3: dropping six and five. <laughs> so it's I know pretty funny It's science. Madness. It's yeah. absolute madness. And you know, but yet I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, it, uh, you know, there's no promises. Yeah. Nothing I, is guaranteed.
2: I have a new theory. I say they just let all 32 teams in the playoffs and the number one team plays 32. And <laughs> you just have I a, like that. You just yeah, have kind a crazy of a March
3: madness thing. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like a March
2: madness. Exactly. <laughs> that's you just have a crazy. You're like, that's you know actually
0: what? kind of a good idea.
2: This season. You just, the, the commissioners come out and say, you know, this season is so sucky. Let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's blow it wide open.
3: Yeah. They you know, should I, do that
0: mid season. Yeah. Ch- just announce a, an end-of-season turnover.
2: Just do it after the season ends. a and, and, uh, tournament, <laughs> not turnover.
3: Well, the you know, the other thing, too, is in many cases, with a few exceptions, but in many cases, a team's best player is not a reliable best player. You right, know? right. When you're looking at, say, the Chargers, everyone loves Herbert. Yeah. Herbert is fantastic. Sometimes. But he has bad games. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He really does. He just yeah. fucks up games. Like, every third game, he just plays bad. You know? So it's like, well, you can you yeah. can't count on that, you know? I, well, I think I think what and I've talked about this before with,
2: with you guys, is that I think what's happened is that the NFL has become such more finesse versus power and strength. Because power and strength doesn't really falter that much. But finesse can falter. You know, if yeah. you can you're you if you're working off the finesse part, you're not always gonna be consistent. And um, you know, and you, you fall more into like the baseball category where you don't you're not Awesome, a hundred percent of the time. But if you're strong and healthy, and you're knocking people over and tackling people, you're you're going to be good. There's not going to be any drop off. Um, yeah. But if you're like, you know, it's all based on the timing of the passing route and the the oh. separation and everything like which it is now, like in right. a football, it's it. There's more chance for it not to work. So. Right. Well,
3: that's yeah, like right. too why like the Titans were you know when they had Derrick Henry and a good mm-hmm. offensive line, like that's really like you can't fuck with that. No, nope. I mean that's like that's the end of the story. I mean Tannehill is now looking like not that great because yep. he probably never was.
2: No, because he doesn't have that 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 foundation that the running game was from. He and never had great. any money. And, exactly. and, and that's like the 49ers. That's what the 49ers have done, and why they've actually won their last whatever four out of five is they've reverted to just being a running team and passing only when they need to or just at certain moments. And that Rams Niners game was very unbelievable because that was a great game. The Rams knew exactly what the Niners were going to do, and they still couldn't stop them. So, <laughs> exactly. that, and that's that's the new NFL is that. It's like you just you're you're not that good. I mean, the Rams. Yes. might I, I even think the Rams might not even win another game this year. They probably will, but wow. But <laughs> you know, it's that bad. It's like they'll
0: probably win a game when they're out of playoff contention.
2: Oh, they'll probably make the playoffs because there's a five. The the skins now are five and six, or the former skins, the Washington team, are five and six, and they they're the number seven seed. Mm-hmm. It's like as of right now, so this is really bad. It's just, it's just yeah, crazy. so I, I mean I, I didn't watch all the games, I watched the highlights of the, mm.
1: the Patriots and the, the Buccaneers game. And I, I, I definitely the one thing that because you know when you watch it condense, you really sort of see the patterns. I mean, the Colts and the Titans, they made so many mistakes and like critical mistakes or just like fumbles that like, you know, like just when they're about to score. Right. So the, the Titans had like three fumbles and an interception and that yeah. really cost them because I think that like a lot of these things happen when they're they were going to they were gaining momentum. And it just right. like, killed them. And totally. I think pretty much the same thing happened to the Colts as well as so the three fumbles and two interceptions I mean, the game. The score was thirty-eight to thirty-one. I think they were pretty much competitive until the fourth quarter, and they just they just could not. They 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 couldn't like keep up with the the scoring that was happening um, with the Buccaneers, and it was because of those mistakes more so than you know, so.
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, the Colts, like, great example. They a few weeks ago they were on Monday Night Football, lost to the, um, you know, the Ravens, and everyone was like their season is over. It's it's just sure. done, you know, forget it. And now they're second in their division, yeah. um, you know, and they could easily overtake the Titans and win, you know, and get a home playoff game. When I mean, they, they sc- were- yeah. Yeah. yeah, they scored 21 points in
1: the in the second quarter. And then after that, they, they scored, like it was probably a throwaway touchdown. Well, it wasn't a throwaway, right? But they scored only one touchdown in the third and fourth quarter. You know what I mean? They were leading, yeah. like going into the second half and like all those mistakes just like completely destroyed. Them. Mm-hmm.
3: Right in the week prior, I think they their um their uh, running backs you know scored like a five TDs or something like that. If if I'm not mistaken, I could be. Yeah, but, yeah um, no, they, they,
2: yeah, the Colts they, um, the Colts had a great game. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago. And, right. And yeah, and that's it. There's all these games that are just like, oh wow, this team's great. Well, next week they're not so good. Mm.
0: You know, maybe this is just maybe this is just like a a joke of a league. And everyone should just only pay attention to college football.
2: <laughs> well, college football has its own issues. Oh yeah, you. Speaking of college football, we've had some major, <laughs> some major
0: storylines from last week. We saw um, Michigan defeat Ohio State to, to uh, knock them potentially out of the playoffs. All right. We saw,
1: I, I, so let me. I, <laughs> I need to leave. <laughs> now you're starting to talk about college football right? Wait, <laughs> Wait, interest. I
0: was going to do a whole whip around and talk about your beloved Tottenham Hotspur oh, okay. getting getting a win and moving up to 6th place with a game in hand in the Premier League standings. I Tell thought we were talking about Doug Flutie. <laughs> give us your give us your 60 seconds on Tottenham before you jump off.
1: Um so Conte has you know, publicly said this is the hardest job, coaching job I've ever had. <laughs> right? There's a lot of work to do. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they won against Brentford, but they should be winning those games. Um, and I, I, I think that. So, so the 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 last game they played, which was essentially, you know, them, because um, it was against Leeds United, came out horribly in the first half, right. And then in the locker room, I don't think there was any strategy. I mean, I think that he just reminded them. "Is like, guys, you guys are a much better team than they are. And go out there and try and win the game instead of trying not to lose the game. And I think that it's – at this point, I think it's more so a mindset thing than it is skills because a lot of these players were here when they almost freaking won the Champions League.
0: They're still there.
1: But it's just like they've been thrown a curveball because they got rid of a coach who was really successful, and for whatever reason they got rid of them, and they've had they had a, a, a terrible time of it. The subsequent coach who's you now unfortunately coaching. Roma. And I think you're experiencing the same <laughs> bullshit that we experienced when he was coaching the Spurs.
0: I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, give me another two or three months. Okay. I mean right. We lost to Bologna yesterday. but yeah. <laughs> Believe
1: me, I see this pattern. I felt the same way you did in December. Yeah, we can turn this around. And by February, it's like, whoa, I hope yeah. we stay in the Premier League.
0: <laughs> exactly. All uh, right. Well, thanks for joining. Give, give Maddox our luck in his big yeah. game against uh, Redwood City and uh, report back on the next pod. All right.
1: See you. Bye right. Sasha.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye Sasha. All right. So wait, let me just do my quick rip- whip around. I've got a little whip around queued up and then I'm going to walk out of the room for a second and I'm going to let I'm going to leave my phone on and just let you two circle back if you need to.
2: Okay. Right.
0: Kevin, you whip okay with round.
2: that? Yeah, I, I got to jump soon, so. Oh,
0: you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, this will be quick. Um so in the world of hockey the los angeles kings are way down in the standings they're like 10th in the conference while the rest of our family's beloved anaheim ducks are fourth in the standings so tyler uh, your team is doing much better than ours when we were tied just a few mere weeks ago Uh, we touched on ncaa football we're getting into bowl season ucla football will be playing in a bowl this year although probably not one of the bigger ones, maybe the old holiday, holiday Bowl or the Las Vegas Bowl. So congrats to the Bruins on an 8-4 and four season. Um, in the NBA, um, we'll come back to that one uh, because you guys will probably want to talk about that while I'm away. Um, in college basketball, the UCLA Bruins got off to a flying start last night in their conference play against Colorado. They won that game um, fairly handily, although the um, Colorado pulled within eight at one point and gave the Bruins a little bit of a scare. But uh, the Bruins are in first place place in the Pac-12. They've still got to go play Carolina uh, in another off-conference game, so that'll be fun to see Bruins. The light blue playing the Bruin blue, or whatever you want to call that. Uh, Sky blue versus sky blue. So go Bruins on that one. We talked about Tottenham. Roma are in the toilet. They just lost to Bologna yesterday. They're looking like absolute garbage. And then finally, we return to NBA. The beloved Lakers are in sixth place, and the Golden State Warriors finally looked a little bit human and have lost a game finally. And Phoenix Suns have taken over a share of first place. They're now Phoenix and Golden State are now tied for first place. So I'm going to step out for a second, but I'll leave this recording. So if you guys want to talk Golden State, Lakers, Phoenix, go for it.
3: All right, I'll jump in, and Kev, whenever you got to jump out, baby, you you jump out, because I know you've been on a little longer than I have, Um, but I will say this, and I think you'll agree with this. Regular season doesn't mean shit, you know? The Phoenix Suns can win all the games they want to in the regular season. They are not a championship team. Devin Booker has not proven he's got it, Um, and Steph Curry, yeah, so they lost last night or two nights ago. Big whoop, you know? That's a team that knows how to take it all the way. So I wouldn't worry if I was a Golden State Warriors fan at all. 17 wins in the regular season, and a dime will get you a cup of coffee at, you know, the Lamplighter Inn down on Powell. What do you think? Was that any good?
2: I think, yeah, I think the, I mean, regular season... Is what it is, but I I think it it's it's a test to show you know where people are going, you know. Right. Whoa! So baseball. So baseball. Wow. So baseball.
3: Oh my god! It's so baseball.